Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Greetings, Marin here, as usual, with a fun podcast today on baby names. I'm really excited to talk about something that is so special to me and is such a fun thing. But first, a little update from the Indie Birth headquarters here in Sedona, Arizona. Hmm, where to start? Well, to be honest, I recorded a podcast about two weeks ago on all this crazy virus stuff and then decided it wasn't really something I wanted to put out into the world, mostly because it just wasn't the energy that I wanted to add. However, uh, it was super helpful. So even though you're not going to get to hear it, it was great to just talk out loud. And so if you didn't know, (laughs) that's kind of a therapy um, in and of itself. Not that you even would have to record yourself, but very therapeutic to speak on a topic, whether or not you actually ever let anyone hear it. So uh, it was kind of angry, to be honest, and I was aware of it as I was talking, but I just wanted to get it out. And it's always great to let things set, right? Whether they're emails you're responding to um, or, you know, I don't know, people in general with more touchy topics, it's always good to give it a little bit of time. So I'm glad I did, but I won't be putting that out. However, I thought, how could I not just kind of summarize the whole thing from my perspective in just a couple of minutes, not a whole podcast, before I moved on. So if you're sick of hearing about the whole thing, which, oh my gosh, I I think we totally all understand that, feel free to just forward and I'll get to baby names soon enough. So I guess what I do want to put out into the world, energy-wise and with the power of our words, is that we really do have a choice in all of this mess. It reminds me a lot of birth. And on the podcast I'm not putting out, I did talk about how it just had a similar energy to like hospital birth stigma, you know, and the people that are like, really militant about that. Um, And, you know, just how like having two really opposing points of view, and of course, sometimes there's more than two, especially in something like this, um, is ultimately not helpful. Like it's not helpful to our culture. And I don't know, it's not that we all have to get along or should get along, but I guess what I came to after blabbing to myself for an hour is that the real work is inside. So we all need to probably take a little bit more responsibility right now in the world, all of us, 
um, especially if we're feeling angry, which totally was, um, or if we're looking around and wanting people to like do it the way we're doing it, um, or conversely, or not conversely, but like by another token, um, you know, shaming people for not behaving the way we're behaving. Not helpful. Ultimately, I don't think we're going to change where people are at. So that was another reason for me having to move through anger until I really, really felt that because there is no changing people's consciousness for them. There's not going to be something I can say that will do that for you. And you probably wouldn't do that for me. Like we're at where we're supposed to be at. And one of the biggest lessons I feel like I've learned through all this, and there have been many, um, is that people's state of their inner consciousness is suddenly right there on the outside. They're wearing it. We're all wearing it externally. So that's really powerful. And if you're somebody that's feeling, you know, good about that, like, you're doing your work, you know, you're not coming from a place of fear, then you're looking for other people that feel that way. And again, so many similarities to birth, right? We're going to choose life, choose love. Why fear? Well, I don't know. There are lots of reasons. And it's not really my business to investigate that and figure out why people do that or why they can't let it go or, you know, whatever. But I was doing that, and that's really hard. So just focusing on me has been the answer, and I'm responsible for my internal state, just as you are, and that's all we can be responsible for. So that's kind of my wrap-up on the whole thing. Um, You know, there's obviously, like, so many levels to the discussion, and I'm not really going to go into all of them. You know, obviously... That's probably the more spiritual wrap up in a sense. But I feel like how can I not wind up there? You know, I don't think this is a physical issue. Um, I think the fear and the chaos and all of that is just a symptom of people's inner states and kind of collectively our inner our inner state of our culture Um, And cultures around the world, you know, pretty much people everywhere are kind of lost. So I think it's a great time to not freak out because that never helps anyone, but just focusing on our own growth, um, what we can do, what we can't do during this time. And by that, you know, for me, I mean, having boundaries around how far into the fear abyss I'll go. And the answer is not very far. I refuse to participate. So that has ended some relationships, to be honest. Um, Again, that wearing your consciousness on the outside, I think is so true. And I'm sure it's surprising for everyone, not just me, and on both sides of the coin. So people you really thought were going to stay grounded during this time are the ones who aren't. And maybe vice versa. The people that you really thought would be living in fear are the ones just living their lives right now and moving through this in as graceful a way as they know how. So these are crazy times. 
And I think there really are great things happening. It's kind of like a labor. Uh, We don't know maybe how it's going to wind up. I mean, a baby's going to come out and we hope that all ends well. But we don't exactly know what we're in. And I think that degree of humbleness um, is something I've been working on. And I don't necessarily feel that way every day. But I think moving through anger was actually helpful because nobody has the answer right now. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's real and what's not real. And so if that's true, if that's the truest thing is that we don't know, then my view is we get to choose. Choose your reality. And that has been another huge lesson that I feel like has been coming up for me daily in dealing with people and my own fears and my own life, my own situations. I'm being faced daily with choose your timeline. Walk this way. It's the path of fear and destruction and chaos. Choose this way and it's love and life and creation. And literally, we're all powerful enough to choose this for ourselves every moment of every day. So in that way, I know I'm on the right path for me. And yes, I mean, I won't lie. I'd love to see people choosing that path of life, but they're not all going to. And maybe there's a reason for that. And if timelines really are diverging at this point in history, um, I just know which one I'm on and which one I came here to be on. So that's all I got. That's all I got. And I trust that everybody, of course, is just where they need to be in the way that they need to be. And they're making the choices that they're making as best they can. And I know, too, it's a judgment on my part if I'm saying, oh, they're making it in fear or not. I'm truthfully, and another lesson I've learned during this time is that I don't know. Um, A lot of the time we feel like we can presume. And of course, we may or may not be right. And we may have a lot of experience, uh, like in birth, you know, to kind of like pick up on clues when someone is acting out of fear. But truly, truly, we don't actually know. And that has been humbling to talk to people that, you know, maybe I would have thought were acting out of fear. And really, they're not. Um, they're being cautious for reasons that they have for in their personal lives and their personal situations. And I can respect that. I really can respect wherever people are at um, if it feels real to me. So who knows what that means. But uh, finding your truth in this time, again, so much like birth. We each know which way to go. Um, We each know what's true for us and, you know, how far we're going to take this in either the positive or negative direction. But it's truly up to us. And I'm curious, as we all are, to see where this winds up. Again, I'm hopeful for lots of positive change. Um, You know, maybe change we don't even see for a while, but like a deep-rooted energetic shift of positivity and a higher vibration. Um, I think that's all really likely. But of course, I don't know either. So here we sit. Here we sit, not really knowing where the labor will go, how long it will be, but trusting we have what we each need to get through it. So that's my tiny little sermon on the whole virus thing. And I don't know if I'll have more to say, perhaps in the future. All right, so 11 minutes in here and we're just getting to baby names. 
So I guess why this podcast? Well, I think names are fascinating. Uh, my name, Marin, obviously, is not that common. And as a child, I didn't know anyone. I don't think I met anyone with my name till I was, I don't know, maybe in college. And even that person, if I remember, didn't spell it quite the same. And I ran across and have run across a couple of people since, but none with my exact spelling. So there was always something fascinating to me about having a name that no one else had. And my parents, of course, are credited with that. And there's not really even a story behind my name, which is kind of funny. Uh, My parents, I think, just knew someone with the name Marin uh, during their college years, and they just kind of filed it away, and they liked it. So uh, not really big on meaning other than being associated with Mary, I guess. Uh, My grandmother's name was Marion, so perhaps it was kind of a nod to her, although my mother really never said that. So maybe I'm making that up. Um, But yeah, that's how I got named. And my sister's name is Amanda. And that's more common, but still kind of unusual. And remember, this was in my case, late 70s. And my sister was born in the 80s. So a while ago, obviously before the internet, but definitely at a time when people were still able to find the most popular names. So my husband's name is Jason. Uh, That was the most popular baby name, I believe, in the year we were born. So even without the internet, right, his parents were able to find that out. And that's what they wanted. They wanted the most popular name. And his sister's name is Jennifer, which in the 70s, again, was one of the most popular names. So Anyway, I just have always thought it was fascinating. I've always been drawn to names and have named things since I was a little girl. So of course, you know, dolls and, you know, playing school and naming the whole class of weird made up names and pets and cars. Um, Pretty much I'm a namer and I just love it because I feel like it's something that's kind of artistic in a sense and just kind of comes in. And that's something I'll talk about when I talk about my own kids' names. But that's kind of how I got to this podcast. And I thought I couldn't be the only one that thinks baby names are fascinating. And of course, um, in today's day and age, you know, names are often more eclectic, more strange. We've got the whole celebrity thing going on. And here in Sedona, Um, are definitely different. I can't recall actually a name that is, you know, on the popular list for quite some time with the clients that I have. So that's why I'm doing it. Excuse me. Um, I also, besides being fascinated, just believe that names are really important. So I don't know if everyone feels that way, but a name means something or can mean something or can have symbolism, right? So I don't know. I'm just not one of those people that got a dog and named it Spot. Um, I would have to meet the dog and kind of look into its eyes and get a feeling for its personality. 
So I think names are so special. And obviously, unless a person changes their name or decides to go by a nickname or whatever, this is something that they'll be remembered by, that they'll use their whole life. And I guess for good and bad, right? So in my case, even though I really don't have a problem with my name, I like it. I like it now more than more that I'm an adult. Because when I was a kid in school, definitely was mispronounced all the time. And I had teachers that would know me a whole school year and still mispronounce my name. And of course, I still get it. I don't think you come in contact with that many people on a given day as an adult that are trying to pronounce your name for the first time. But you know, phone calls or whatever, whatever situation arises, most people will say my name incorrectly, almost always. And usually I say something like, it's like Karen, only with an M, because they get very confused on like where to put the emphasis to. You know, Marin is a big pronunciation of my name that drove me crazy as a kid, uh, because that's not my name. Um, Marion is the other one, which I feel like I can understand a little bit more now, but when I was a kid, just really frustrated me because that was my grandma's name and that is not my name and that's not how it was spelled. So definitely there are things to think about, but in a way we won't think of them all as the parents that may name a child and we do our best. So definitely right now, the internet is a huge influence. And honestly, I don't really know before then, right? What did people do? They read newspapers, they watched TV. So those are probably two main ways that they learned about what other people were naming their babies. And before that, it was probably just in villages, in communities, you know, uh, family-based or, you know, grandpa was named this and so you're going to be named that. Um, We're definitely in a different age and time with names. So people have access, of course, all kinds of things on the internet. I mean, anything sort of goes as far as names go. People, I mean, I'm sure get on the internet and see, right? Uh, People have named their kids all kinds of things, like all kinds of things. And Funny, I remember when I was, hadn't had kids yet, so I was like in my 20s, and Gwyneth Paltrow had her first baby, and I just always admired her. I wasn't really ever into like Hollywood, but I always thought she was very beautiful and seemed so graceful, etc. And so when she named her first kid Apple, I remember just being shocked, and I think the rest of the world was too. I feel like that was one of the first times that a celebrity named their child something so odd, so different, so not a name. And I don't necessarily love the name. I mean, my kids have strange names, but I haven't named a kid Apple, and I don't think I will. Um, But it was a game changer, I think, for people to just, I'm sure, either think it's crazy, right, or maybe gave them permission to really be creative and name their child whatever they wanted. So there are definitely different ways that people decide to name their baby. 
I'm going to talk about my kids specifically in a while just because I can. But having worked with, you know, many, many families over the years, that's always one of my favorite parts is just seeing what they name the baby. And I won't lie, like I definitely ask once in a while, you know, prenatally, just as conversation. Do you have any baby names in mind or what are you deciding on? But often I don't ask because it feels so personal. And I know for me, I would never share names. (laughs) It's just never something I've done. And I don't, I mean, I do have reason, but it might sound crazy. I just feel like it's so private. And especially when you're like deciding between names, I don't really need to hear anyone else's thoughts. I don't want to know their thoughts. But some people do. And some people are really fine and open with saying, oh, yeah, we've got two girls names and two boys names and we're going to wait and see. Or some people and I don't feel like this is as common with the people I work with, mostly because they're not 100% on the sex of the baby because they're not getting routine ultrasounds. Uh, But once in a while, somebody will have had an ultrasound, they'll know the sex, and they'll name the baby straight away, like (laughs) at that moment, at 16 weeks, um, whatever, you know, Betty Sue. And then the baby is referred to as Betty Sue the whole rest of the pregnancy. And that's fine. Like, I'll call people whatever they want to be called. I'll call babies whatever the parents name them, of course. But it's always a little strange to me, just because... It's not something I've done personally. So other people wait for sure and don't have any idea and are literally combing the internet or, you know, just kind of letting it come or whatever method they have, which we'll go into more about. Some people do that kind of immediately, especially if they're feeling overly pressured by family or the birth certificate process which really is a silly reason to rush a name, but that's what I think. You can always go back and change it, although that's a pain. And I've totally had people do that too, where they file one name on the birth certificate and then they end up changing the child's name three months, six months later, a year later. So all kinds of ways that people name And I think meeting the baby first is what I hear the most commonly. So most people maybe have a few or they say, you know, we have a few, but we're just going to wait and see what this baby seems like. And then I feel like more rarely, yeah, there are people that just really know, you know, and it's maybe a different, it feels like a different kind of knowing. I guess it feels more like the kind of knowing that I've felt I have with my children. They just know, you know, they don't, they don't share it or not share it, whatever they want to do, but they have this name and that's this baby and that's it. And it's always so fun hearing the names once the baby's out, which is usually when people share. So on a fun note, and this is kind of self-researched, so feel free to do your own because Google is just Google, but I was curious about some of the global traditions around naming. Obviously, there are tons because there are tons of countries and cultures and traditions and all that. 
So if you're really into that, of course, you should go Google it and you can learn a lot about specific countries and allegedly how they name babies. I mean, truly, it would be cool to talk to people who live in these places and find out for real, for sure, how they actually do it. But just some of the ways, and I'm not going to associate these with a specific country because I didn't want to get that particular in my notes. Um, And it was kind of all over the place. But here are some obvious global traditions and some maybe not obvious. Birth order is one way. So you, you, you might literally name your baby a specific thing based on the order of birth. Um, Astrology or constellations. The birth date kind of goes along with that. Circumstances of the birth. So maybe the baby had a tough birth. Maybe the baby had an easy birth uh, with the name according to that. And funny, I remember someone from years ago who had had a bunch of more difficult births, I believe. And then I don't know, it was her third or fourth baby. And the, the birth felt really easy and all of that to her. And she named the baby Ewan, which she said, and I didn't fact check this, means of good birth or of easy birth or something along those lines. So definitely, um, people kind of all over the world might adopt this tradition or that tradition, just based on what feels right to them. So, of course, like ancestral names are super common. And like I referenced earlier, probably in less modern times, that was the main way that families were named. I mean, just based on who came before. So that's still, of course, going on in some areas of the world. And sometimes there's a pattern. So the grandfather, the grandmother, and it kind of alternates back and forth, obviously based on sex and, you know, keeping the family traditions. Things like the five elements, and that's more Chinese culture, but in other words, other kind of, um, yeah, cultural beliefs or ways that the society is kind of anchored may play into how a baby is named. And religious traditions, of course. So Bible names, maybe naming a baby after a patron saint, Whatever, whatever, whatever tradition is important to that family may determine what the baby's name is. So those are just a couple of ideas. And like I said, if you're curious, um, they're fun articles to read. Again, don't know how factual they actually are, but they're there out there in the world of Google. Uh, One thing I did come across that absolutely horrified me and I felt very naive because I had absolutely no idea. And again, um, I'm not 100% sure necessarily of the accuracy of this, but allegedly there are many countries in the world that have laws around baby names. So if you knew that, then good for you. I had no idea. If you live in one of these countries, I would actually love to know if this is true. So the list that I ran across, Sweden, Japan, Denmark, Iceland, New Zealand, China, and Norway. And upon further research, again, not sure how accurate this is, I came across an article 
that is horrifying. Um, eight countries with fascinating baby naming laws. I sent this to my husband and he said, fascinating? It's like horrifying. I think it's absolutely horrifying. But uh, yeah. So kind of skimming the article, um, some countries have laws that you must be able to tell the gender of the child by the first name. Uh, That is Germany or one law in Germany. Um, It looks like in Sweden, there's a naming law and it was originally created to prevent non-noble families from giving their children noble names. But a few changes to the law have been made since then. So again, um, who knows what's actually true, but I believe it. I'm sure there are places where, you know, you're submitting for approval, which, wow, that is really scary. And um, yeah, makes me just double, triple question the way the world is currently running or was currently running. Maybe that's not even happening right now. Uh, Let's see. It says Denmark's very strict law on personal names is in place to protect children from having odd names that suit their parents' fancy. To do this, parents can choose from a list of only 7,000 pre-approved names. Um, If you want to name something that isn't on the list, you have to get special permission. Creative spellings are often rejected. I mean, what the heck? That's craziness. So all of the creativity and such, I suppose, are kind of out the window. But I know I don't know if people care are there or not. I'm sure there are people that care. Um, So yeah, it goes on to talk about Iceland. Uh, For example, rejected names in Iceland would include anything with a letter C since C is not an Icelandic letter. So I guess you can't name outside of your culture. Um, Yeah, and the list kind of goes on and on, but kind of surprising. Kind of surprising. Um, And I think some of those places I maybe thought were cooler places to live, but I would be very upset if I could not name my baby, what my baby wanted to be named if it didn't follow a law. That's really horrible. So um, yeah, but I'll stop there. Naming ceremonies. That's another thing I've definitely come across in my years as a midwife, um, from native culture to, I don't know, sometimes it's not even necessarily a specific culture just people who want to celebrate their baby in that way. And so they either wait to name the baby or whatever. They name the baby whenever after birth. And then they have a naming ceremony to kind of let everyone know and officially grant the baby this name. So I think I was going to talk about my kids. I have more notes here, which is sort of confusing me. But yeah, I thought I'd shift into kind of what I have thought or done up to this point, uh, because obviously the laws, thank goodness, don't apply to the names that I've chosen. 
And a lot of the other global traditions, I don't feel like do necessarily, um, you know, not religious and kind of the other things like patterns around ancestry. Um, I haven't personally felt like I wanted to pay attention to that. Uh, Not that it's not really cool to honor our ancestors in that way, but I've just not chosen or perhaps I should say my children haven't chosen to carry on some of those names. So I don't have a method per se. I don't have a method, but it's kind of evolved and changed as we've had more children. And I think as I've trusted more and listened more, um, again, as I've shared, I really love names, but I have gotten away from like using my brain to think of a name. So that might sound strange, but to me, it's a feeling and something that like comes in. So it feels different to me if I were even to go look at names in a book. And I've done that on the internet, whatever. Some of them might stick out as like, yeah, I like that. Or that's cool. Or definitely not. But I don't think we've named a baby that way other than our first. And I'll talk more about that. Just because it's just a feeling that I haven't enjoyed. Um, Some of our baby's names have come in much stronger than the others. And at different times, some have kind of shifted or changed. And yeah, mostly it's been... Uh, transition to less thinking and more feeling, like feeling the baby, feeling the connection, and just trusting the soul of the baby, or really just the universe that knows, you know, the universe knows all, to tell me. Uh, And not rushing that or not needing to know at a certain point, but just remaining open and trusting that I would know when I heard it, when I saw it in my brain or whatever, um, or in a dream that I would trust, I would know. Some of them have come in as visual representations. And let's see, what comes to mind with that is my daughter Belgium, when she was in my body, just kept seeing roses, 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 roses. And, you know, that that has nothing to do with her name, but it did, like in that way that associations don't make sense. You know, Belgium became the name that was shown to me, but I had this feeling for her and her personality as, as roses and pink and other friends that are pretty intuitive. I remember said the same thing and and without me saying anything, just like, wow, that, that baby is really like pink. (laughs) It's just a really pink light. Um, yep. That was her astrology. Maybe. Uh, I don't know that I've thought about that consciously, but names have come in and maybe, you know, in hindsight, there's kind of a reference to what sign the baby will be. Uh, a color, kind of as I said, with Belgium, a feeling, and then other times, even a letter, like the first, usually the letter of the first name, 
So I would be shown that in whatever way. And again, just trust, just wait, just feel and listen. I'm definitely have dreamt of names, but as I was making notes, I couldn't recall any names that I dreamt of that we actually used. So that sounds weird, but I've dreamt of names and babies that I don't know. I don't know whose they are. Um, But yeah, I haven't like taken any of those literally. Although I think dream is such an interesting term. So there's like sleeping, dreaming, which is kind of what I was talking about. But then there's kind of being in a more meditative state, more of a journeying state that also feels like dreaming. And I feel like names have definitely come in during those times for me. So just a different differentiating between uh, like waking, dreaming and sleeping, dreaming. So when the names have come in to me, I know. And truly, honestly, I love all of my children's names now, but some of them, when they came in, I didn't really love. I just sat with and said, hmm, really? Is that really what you want to be named? And I would even keep maybe part of my brain open, like, okay, well, they said that, but you know, let's keep looking in this part of the brain. But yet somewhere in me, I knew, nope, that is the name. Like I can keep looking and I might find something I like better, but there will be a pull to what I know. Um, All of the babies, except for Cove, I was correct with what sex they are. And that's influenced some of the names for sure. Like Tallulah. I mean, that's, that's a girl's name. That's a feminine name. And I knew she was a girl, even though I didn't ever have an ultrasound to tell me that. So in her case, that was her name. But if I had been wrong, that wouldn't have been her name. So that hasn't happened. And even with Cove, I thought she was a boy. She wasn't. She isn't. But her name was still Cove. It was Cove no matter what. And yeah, the same with some of the other ones too. So my kids often want to hear these stories, which I think is so cute. And I mean, who doesn't want to hear about how they were named? Or, you know, I remember asking my mom, well, if I had been a boy, what would I have been named? So we talk about names a lot. And for most of them, I didn't have a list. Like I'm saying, it was just this is what I was told. And they might think I sound crazy. (laughs) I'm sure in some moments they do because I don't know that they all understand that. And, you know, it's like, well, but where did you get it? No, I didn't get it. Like it was given. And, you know, whether you told me, meaning you, the kid, or I don't know who told me, but like, that was your name. And it was just non-negotiable. It was just, you know, the sky is blue. This is your name. So I think they think that's funny. And I don't know what they think. I mean, some of them may love their names and some of them may not. And, you know, who knows how that will feel for them, especially in adulthood. But as their mother, as the one that grew them, I knew their names. And Jason's always been really awesome. Um, you know, couples do things different ways for sure. 
And he's never been one that needed to name a baby. Um, Like to say he doesn't care would not be accurate. I think he very much cares, but he trusts me and he's never, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think he's ever negated a name that I have said, like, you know, he's learned to say, just has this baby told you its name yet? That's his question. It's not like a mental process. And, you know, some people are more into names than others. So I don't feel like he's not expressing if he has some idea. Um, I think he just honestly is fine with whatever comes in, which is really great because some of the kids definitely have different names and he's never said anything to the contrary. He's never insinuated or, you know, made fun of me or acted like it was weird or different or crazy. It's just he has totally accepted it, which is really awesome. Uh, We don't tell the kids, the other kids. And that's kind of a rule that I don't know. I tried to make it a rule, but it just always has been. So when a baby's in utero in our family, we might come up with another name, like a funny name. And Cove was called Bob. So that was fun. We just called her Bob because, of course, we thought she was a boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't ever tell the kids. And they try, they try, they try. Oh, is it this letter? Oh, is it that letter? And they try to guess. And, you know, it's just funny because there's no way. There's no way I'm telling everyone, anyone not everyone, anyone. There's no way I'm telling anyone. And I say to each of them every time, your name was as sacred. You know, your name is as sacred. And so is this baby. And, you know, yours wasn't told before you were here. And so this one won't be told until they are here. So let's see a quick rundown of our kids' names, because this is getting kind of long, which is not what I anticipated. So Amelia Gray is our first, and I did search baby names back in the day. She's almost 18. However, I remember her name kind of jumping out at me, and it really ended the search. Um, I did have pretty long lists before that, and so she's the only one of our kids that kind of has a list of you could have been this, you could have been that. But truly, she was always Amelia. And Amelia means hard worker. And that's pretty accurate, I would say. And gray just kind of came in as, you know, something that felt like creative and sweet. And yeah, we just really liked it. I'm so Egan. His name, middle name is Andrew, and he probably has the only like normal (laughs) name of any kind with the Andrew. So Egan means fiery. And I remember one night when I was pregnant with him, um, watching a TV show, I don't remember what, and I don't even remember if it was like a character or maybe in the credits, but of course, Egan is often a last name and that's how we spell it, E-G-A-N. And it just felt right. Like it was him. It was simple. And then what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, Egan was born into a really hot birth pool. And I think his story's in our indie birth book. Um, But anyway, and so it was a fiery entrance. And that's definitely an element of his personality. So I guess that's a great question that I always ponder. 
like what did come first you know did the name name the person um does the person assume the qualities of the name i don't know uh tallulah sky is her name and i knew she was tallulah before i was even pregnant there's a tori amos song called tallulah and yeah i don't know i mean this just was a great example of like I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know where that came from. I just knew that that was her. And I remember being at the gym one morning when I was probably about to find out I was pregnant. Um, but I knew I was already and I knew that was her. And I remember just kind of laying there and stretching and being like, this is so weird. Like, I don't even know I'm pregnant yet, but I know that this person is here. Like they're around. So Rune Winter is the next. And with Rune, I had a lot of really crazy spiritual experiences with his pregnancy. Um, Was connected more to like Nordic um, gods and goddesses kind of stuff. And and Rune, uh, a rune, if you don't know, is a divination tool. So runes, plural a collection of stones with like Nordic etchings on them, kind of like letters. Um, so they're red, like the way you would tarot cards or whatever, you know, anything like that. So my husband at the time was really into runes and learning to read them. And I didn't know his name was Rune at first. I think either I kind of missed the translation or it kind of shifted because I thought his name would be Rain. And I thought R-A-N-E. So that's only one letter different than Rune. So at first I thought it would be Rain. I knew he was a boy. Um, I was very connected to him in a spiritual sense. And um, yeah, and so his birth is definitely in our indie birth book. Um, He kind of has a crazy birth story. And he was born in January. So on the morning of his birth, Jason pulled a stone, a Rune, And it was the single one for ice or winter. So um, Jason did actually have a hand in naming him and it felt really right to both of us. Uh, So winter became his middle name and Rune is his first name. Um, Rune also means secret lore. And he's a mysterious child um, to this day. Uh, Yeah beautiful and smart and mystical and magical and definitely a rune. Belgium. Belgium is the first to have a few names. Um, Her full name is Belgium Temple Rose. And Rose, I think I've explained. um, I, I mean, I can't really explain Belgium. I just, I heard it. And I mean, that's not a name, really. I hadn't heard it in that context of someone being named that. But I don't know. I heard it and I was like, that's this baby. And it is like, (laughs) she's such a different and strange and unique child that I can't imagine her being named, you know, whatever, Jennifer. Uh, It just wouldn't do. (laughs) And so Belgium has all kinds of funny nicknames due to the other children, which, you know, one thing about having a lot of kids, or maybe even a few, is that you can't predict the nicknames they'll call each other. So you can name them what you think are the most beautiful names and who knows what they'll be called. So Belgium um, has always been called B. And then it kind of moved into Bebo, which is 
hilarious and weird. And I definitely think she'll kind of grow out of that. Um, She's only nine. But even her friends call her Bebo, which is like insane and not at all what a parent would intend. (laughs) Um, I call her Belgium. So does Jason. And, you know, I think Belle even thought like, even felt like a sweet nickname, but it never caught on. Uh, Much like Amelia, you know, Mia, there's many names for Amelia, but nicknames for Amelia, but Mia is one of them. And I remember thinking that, but it just never happened. So people are or aren't, it seems to me. And um, yeah, so that's Belgium. Uh, True Rowan is the next, and he was again, in my, in our book, um, our sixth baby and a free birth, really difficult pregnancy and a really difficult birth in an emotional sense and partly a physical sense, excuse me, and really pushed me into my truth as a person here on earth and as a woman and definitely as a midwife as well. And, you know, it might sound kind of corny to some, I don't care. But as I was going through his pregnancy and I was in a legal battle with the state of Arizona, it was very stressful. Um, I knew just so deeply that this was leading me to truth, like my truth. And I wasn't wrong about that. Um, That changed my life. That whole event changed my life. His birth totally transformed me. It was a free birth, and I really had to question everything I had believed up until that point, everything I had learned and practiced as a midwife, everything I thought was true. Absolutely everything I thought was true about what I was doing in the world was questioned. And you know what? It all shattered for the most part. Um, Not that there weren't, you know, some elements of truth in my life at that point, but practicing as a licensed midwife was not truthful. And really him and his birth and his pregnancy and the timing of all of it, yeah, was probably one of the most transformational births of all of them for those big reasons. So I knew that his name would be true um, because it just, it made so much sense and it felt so right. And with every day of my pregnancy and birth and, you know, postpartum, this little soul led me to what was true for me. Um, Rowan is a mystical tree. And I feel like all of my kids have like these mystical, magical qualities and in different capacities and in different ways. And true, he's an awesome little being. Um, He's so honest. And like what you see is what you get. And he's so, I mean, he's just so true to like, the nature of a human in the best possible way. He's just a lovely, lovely, cuddly, still little boy. Um, so ever wild uh, was the next one. And Evie is definitely wild. And I remember when we named her, you know, my mom, who is funny. I mean, I don't know exactly what family thinks about these names. My sister also has a collection of oddly named children. So I feel like my parents probably roll their eyes in a way every time, but they never say anything. And I remember my mom saying, you know, just something like, wow, like that's, do you, are you sure you want to give her that middle name? Like, do you want her to be wild? And I just 
sort of sat with that and thought, yeah, like you don't really understand, you know, like she named herself that. And to me, it isn't wild in a sense of chaos. It's like the wild that is, you know, uh, our existence and the universe and nature. So I think she had a different interpretation there of wild. But certainly Evie can be wild too in a chaotic way, but not ultimately. She's actually really um, got an old soul in her little six-year-old body. So yeah, we call her Evie and I kind of had a feeling we would. And for better or for worse, um, the year she was born, everybody started naming their kids Everly. So maybe you have an Everly. I had no idea. I just knew her name was Ever. I never really looked or cared um, what anybody else was naming their kid. But I guess there are a lot of Ebbies out there nowadays. So Sable Sage, as many of you know, was our miscarriage baby and little boy that came after Evie. And he named himself as well. And of course, you know, that story as well is in our book. Um, Sable means black and Sage means teacher. So he really was a teacher of the darkness. And, you know, he was named before he died. So um, how weird is that? But how not weird is that? So I guess I always feel a little sad or somber about that still, but yet it's so reassuring in the way that we don't control and that that was his destiny and that was his fate even if it's just by his name. So I remember distinctly, though, that his name may have been Cove. And so here you get into like all kinds of spirit baby stuff, right? Because maybe initially, like Cove was going to come in first. And then something switched. And it was like, nope, that's not that's not this name. It's Sable Sage. So I don't know what happened to Cove at that point. (laughs) Um, But that name had come to me with Sable. It just wasn't his. Uh, So that's how Sable got named. And then, of course, after Sable, I was so happy and grateful to be pregnant with Deva. And I knew Deva. I knew Deva from the time that Sable was still inside my body. I, I felt her everywhere and I knew her name and I knew she was coming and she was very impatient Um, but you know, her brother needed to depart first or, I mean, he had already died, but he needed to leave my body first. So I knew her, I knew her from before she was created by many months and felt her and knew her personality. And it's exactly as it is now. She is a little fiery Aries. Um, she is impatient. In fact, she was born, I think eight or nine days early, which is you know, early for, for me. And that was just her name. And Deva means goddess or, you know, kind of like blessed one. And that all felt really, really potent. Um, and just perfect. Like it wasn't something I questioned. I mean, part of my brain, I think did and was like, Oh, that's like, you know, do you want to name your baby a Sanskrit name? Like, is that, is that what you want to do? But she named herself. Like I didn't, I didn't get to choose. And so her middle name is also Sage. Um, It's actually Deva Catherine Sage. And Catherine is purity. 
And actually, we don't really call her that a whole lot. Um, I do call her Deva Sage a lot. I just kind of shorten it because the sage feels just so important. She wouldn't be here without her brother. And so that's a definite nod to him and feels just really sacred. And all the time, she's a special little one, as they all are. But all the time, she says, I love you, mom. I love you. And I say, I love you, Deva Sage. You're my rainbow baby. And she she just laps it up, you know, because she is. She's a little princess. And she knows she's special. And, you know, not more special, but she came at a very, very, very needed and special time. Um, so her name, I think, reflects that. And then, of course, there's Miss Cove River, who, again, I thought was a boy, but wasn't, but didn't matter because her name was Cove River or his name was going to be Cove River, whatever. And so, yeah, that story kind of dovetails with Sables. Um, I don't remember if I had gone back, perhaps, to read Sables' journal, and I saw this name, Cove. And when I was pregnant with Cove, immediately, it was like, oh, yeah, that's this one. That's this one. It means safe and protected. Um, And I just had this imagery of Cove my whole pregnancy of, like, water and like a literal cove, like that was what I saw before her name, you know, linked up with what I had already written in the journal years ago. So river also was obviously water related. Um, Cove was happiest in my belly when I went to the water. And of course, there's not tons of water here in Arizona. But I mean, there's at least a couple of beautiful spots. In fact, we were just at one the other day, and there was water there again, there isn't always water there. And I was holding Cove on my hip and we were walking through the rocks and I was just whispering to her saying like, this is your place. Do you remember this place? Like, do you remember, you know, before you were born, this is where you wanted to come. This is where you wanted me to come. And this is where you would get so happy and kick and, um, yeah, be so peaceful. And this is what she told me to do in my pregnancy was to like, get out, get out on the land and get in the water, put your feet in the water. So um, River couldn't be avoided. And I actually just really like that name in general. And for a little while, I was conflicted, like maybe River's her first name. Um, But truthfully, I was probably a little swayed by the fact that that is a super popular name. And I didn't want that. And really, it's just that Cove was actually her name. So we do call her Cove River quite a bit. Um, The kids call her Coco, which is not something I imagined or even thought of, but is cute and fits her at the moment. And yeah, I I think that's it. And that's the end to my notes as well. So thanks for listening to my summary of baby names and my own experiences. I would love to hear yours and always hear your thoughts about what podcasts would feel really fun or helpful or that you'd love to hear. You can always get me at marin at indiebirth.org. Thanks so much and have a great day.